Hey everyone, Steve here. Have you ever wanted to interact with John or myself? Something more than you could get in an email? Well, we're going to start meeting with anyone in our listening audience that wants to join us every month. On the second Thursday every month from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, we're going to host a video conference call where you can ask us questions. Just go to eternalleadership.com slash hangouts for all the details. One day I was leaving the Air Force base on my way out to go and, and serve in my local church and do all these different things. And God said, this Air Force base is where I've called you to serve me. And from that day forward, God began to help me understand his heart for the marketplace. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Darren Shearer. Now, Darren has written three books, including The Theology of Business, which is also his podcast and blog. My partner, John Ramstead, recently sat down with Darren to talk about his story and the book we're going to talk about today, The Marketplace Christian. It's a book that is a collection of people using their spiritual gifts in the workplace. I wasn't able to be a part of this conversation, so here's how John got it started on this edition of Eternal Leadership. All right, today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, I have a great friend, uh, Darren Shearer. Darren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's an honor to be here. Now, Darren, you were one of our first listeners, and you reached out to me, and we've just developed just a great relationship. I've just been so impressed with your heart, your background, and I'm going to let you share it, but i got to brag about you a little bit. Um, you know, Darren has authored uh, three books. Uh, there's a book, there's, a, there's just a nation, nationwide movement called Love 2020, talking about using one of your books here on, uh, on using your, your spiritual gifts in business, in the marketplace. Uh, you had this incredible business career, but now you've started your own publishing company, um, Highbridge Books, which we're going to talk about. And also, Darren has a podcast and blogs at Theology of business. And you just have this incredible heart to just equip Christian leaders to have a kingdom impact and see their, their business as, as ministry. So, um, you know, thanks for making the time and being here with us. Absolutely, John. Well, let me brag on you. I mean, I have been listening from day one. I mean, I remember when, when you guys first launched and I found you and, and iTunes and I've, I eventually reached out to you, been so impacted by the guests. I mean, the caliber of guests that you've been having on has just been incredible. And, and you've just rolled out the red carpet for me and, and introduced me to some of those guys who I've also interviewed on my podcast as well and have, have become friends and actually featured several of them in uh, my book, The Marketplace Christian, which I yeah. think we're going to talk about some today. So uh, thank you so much for believing in me and uh, just just uh, helping me out in all these different ways. Uh, you know, it's our pleasure. And, you know, and I, our, our heart starting this uh, was always just to have an impact and make a difference for folks. And, you know, one of our goals is just to get Eternal Leadership Podcast consistently in the top 100 in the, you know, in the business category on iTunes. So anybody mm -hmm. out there listening, if you haven't subscribed yet, we actually figured out the code on how 
uh, iTunes does their ranking. It's people that have actually subscribed to a podcast and have left you know ratings, and they look at it in the recent one day, seven days, thirty days time frame. So, if you're listening and this has been a value to us, you know, please do that for the podcast, and also. Go check out Theology of Business. You can just type that in the search bar on iTunes or just type in Darren Shearer. It's D-A-R-R-E-N-S-H-E-A-R-E-R. Uh, and do the same thing. Uh, Darren's podcast is outstanding. So uh, let's dive in. I, you know, We always kind of start out, uh, Darren, I'd love for you to just kind of share your story and your background, have people uh, just get to know you, and then uh, i got a whole bunch of great questions here for you. Sure. So... Oh, well, I was a preacher's son. I am a preacher's son. And so I grew up in church. And so I, I was kind of brought up to think that ministry is something that happens within the four walls of a local church. My my dad ended up getting that revelation that God is interested in making an impact beyond just the four walls of the church. But that was kind of the setting that I that I grew up in. But I was a I was a prodigal son. So just pretty, uh, pretty rebellious, ended up going into the Air Force commission as an officer. And and God used that to just transform my life, just incredible experience. I mean, getting to serve alongside people like yourself, John, and and then took the GI Bill, went to seminary, and then also went to business school and and started a business but before that I was again still sort of in that mindset. In fact, I, I met a, a business guy one time. I don't think he was a Christian, and I told him that I was in seminary studying f- practical theology and preparation for going into business. And his his first th- the first thing he said well, was I didn't think that theology was practical. And and so and well, what was also, your answer? I'd love to hear how you answered that, Darren. <laughs> Well, I tried to help him understand that if theology is not practical, it's really not worth a whole lot. And because, I mean, theology is, it, it, it really speaks to our knowledge of God and the way that we understand God. And and Jesus was uh, actually, he, I mean, he was a doer. He was, uh, he took action. And and so that that has to be the outworking. I mean, our theology has to bear fruit. And, and that was kind of what I tried to explain to him. And, and he also said, so uh, if you're going, if you're studying theology and you're going into business, that must mean you're going to become a televangelist. <laughs> so, so <laughs> show me the money. Think, yeah. So, you know, people kind of have an idea of when you say business and ministry in the same sentence, you know, there's certain uh, characters that come, that come to mind. Um, but God just broke the limits off of my understanding of where we can serve him. One day I was leaving the Air Force base on my way out to go and, and serve in my local church and do all these different things. And God said, this Air Force base is where I've called you to serve me. And from that day forward, God began to help me understand his heart for the marketplace. What did that look like? Uh serving God as an active duty officer in the Air Force? Because the Air Force of all the branches of the service, in my opinion, is one of the ones that is most adversarial to people of faith that that I've seen. It certainly has been. And, and it was actually when I was when I was serving during those four years that you know, some things happen at the uh, at the Air Force Academy where they really started to crack down on the chaplains. And and what was what was so such a great opportunity was that 
I wasn't a chaplain. And so they're not, ex- they're not expecting some young lieutenant to go and start a Bible study right there on the Air Force base, you know, which is exactly what I did and started bringing together uh, officers and enlisted together. And we would just get into the Bible there at the officers club. And, and so, you know, that was just kind of one expression, but, you know, people began to refer to you as, you know, you're, you're sort of like our chaplain in our, in our unit. And I mean, a chaplain in the military has so many different people that they're supposed to care for. So how, I mean, if, if God is limited to working just through chaplains, we're going to have a hard time. You know, if God is limited to working through pastors, then we're going to have a hard time making an influence in our workplace. But I just said, you know what, let me, let me be the hands and feet of Jesus in my unit. You know, when you're talking about being the hands and feet, what, what was the point, maybe the moment, Darren, when you really kind of had this awareness um, that work could actually be ministry? Because uh, I'm guessing, you know, being raised up in the church, um, you know, having your, your father as a pastor, uh, and I'm just curious, because you went, and you intentionally went to seminary knowing that you're going into business. And mo- you know, most people I talk to, they had a whole long business career they're trying to figure out next. Then they consider a seminary because their view of ministry is that you know it's not in the marketplace. So right. where did that come from, and how did you get such clarity? Yeah, so it was, it was that day that I was driving off the Air Force base, driving across these railroad tracks uh, out of the base at Barksdale Air Force Base in Shreveport, actually Bossier City, Louisiana. And God said, this base is where I've called you to serve me. And and so where it really, where I really began to get the revelation wasn't just in doing Bible studies on, uh, you know, at lunchtime, but it was when I deployed and went out into, uh, I was, I was in stationed in Kuwait for about six months and got to make such an impact on my, on my unit and and was I was in charge of all the Air Force's cargo that was coming in by sea lift and and basically doing freight forwarding if any logistics people are out there listening. And and so I was getting to work with literally people from every nation. I mean, from Jamaica to Bangladesh, these, you know, they call them third country nationals working with the U.S. military and being able to share the love of Jesus with these people as we were going around moving cargo, you know, started up a group of People coming together, officers enlisted that would have a different five-minute speech. It was sort of like a Toastmasters club where each of the speeches would be on finances. Another one would talk about leadership. Another one would talk about – and so a lot of these people that were sharing were Christians. And they weren't necessarily like quoting the Bible or saying, you know, come to the chapel, but it was a ministry of the chapel. And so I was able to use the chapel as sort of a launch pad for doing ministry there uh, in among my unit while I was deployed in Kuwait. You know, what, what did, you know, as you learn from being able to do that there, um, and then rolled back to stateside is what we call it, right? And mm-hmm. separated, got your honorable discharge. What uh, what did you take from that experience that you brought into the business world? So it was the it was the revelation that I mean I, I my publishing company we publish books that do tend to be authored by Christians and and many of them have Christian themes, but then we have others that are 
C.S. Lewis said, we don't need more Christian books. And I'm paraphrasing. We need more books written by Christians. And so we have authors that are writing books on leadership, on marketing, on religious freedom, on adoption, all of these different topics that relate to specific human issues that transcend religion. And so just coming into that, not with the objective of, you know, let me see how many, how many Christian books we can publish and get people on TBN and 700 club and all these places. But, you know, let's, let's try to get people to speak into the public square into these different issues. You know, I think about Elijah and how, and how Elijah and actually just named my son, his middle name is, is Elijah. Because the thing that I love about Elijah is that he proved to this lost world that God was who he says he was. Because while people were, you know, mocking God and, 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 and basically it was in a godless environment and back in, you know, ancient Israel and, and God, and then Elijah prayed to God and God answered by fire and showed that he was who he says he was. And so that's really been my heart is that the glory of God would be shown in the marketplace, in the dark areas of our society. You know, as, as you've worked with uh, leaders and gone through this journey and you're, you're, you're in publishing, what, what moved you into publishing from what you were doing before? Well, I published a book back in 2010, and it was it was sort of like a life coaching book on the on the theme of stewardship. And so that experience of publishing my own book and and then it was during that season, I had already majored in English in undergrad. And and then it was during that season that I published my own book that I started working as a writing coach in our university writing center when I was in seminary. And so I just realized I had this passion to use my expertise about things like grammar and things like, you know, writing thesis statements and different things like that to actually help people get their message across. And it was there that I discovered that that's really what my passion is, is helping people to get their message out. And so all of these different things in my background, uh, I just noticed that God was using those to position me into this place where I am now, where all week long, I'm helping authors get their message out to the world. And now I know you have a message too. Uh, You have a book uh, called The Marketplace Christian. Um, and I'd love to talk about that because it's a fabulous book. You sent me an advanced copy. And um, so Marketplace Christian, how would you define that, Darren? And that's also the title of your book. So we're talking about 85% of working Christians. So Christians employed uh, someplace, about 85% of those are in um, in a business setting, you know, the rest are in the, the public sector, social sector, and 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 that's where the majority of Christians are spending around sixty per, to seventy percent of their waking hours, and and so I sense very strongly that we need to have a marketplace, not just a general workplace focus, although I, I'm all about that as well, but really wanted to speak specifically to people that are working in a for-profit business setting. So that's that's kind of how I define it. So what was the big driver behind writing the book? 
I really wanted to to identify and and wrestle with this question of what does when we say marketplace ministry, what does that actually look like? And because typically when I've read books on marketplace ministry and heard talks about it and so forth, it it tends to go in certain one direction or another, you know, maybe it goes down the path of, okay, we're as Christians, we're in business to make money to fund nonprofits, or as Christians, we're in business to apply timeless principles of, you know, for example, the book of Proverbs. And, and I'm all about all of these different things. Um, but, but I, I really wanted to present it in a way that works for everybody. And, and the conclusion that I came to is that marketplace ministry looks like whatever your spiritual gift is, because that is a unique way in which God has wired you and designed you to serve him, to spread the awareness of his glory in your sphere of influence in the business world. So you bring up a really interesting point there, because everybody in business, you know, we're, we're familiar with Strength Finder 2.0. Probably a lot of us have taken that. We know you know, that we're futuristic and activators and, you know, all those strengths. And we work in those strengths to develop those. You know, there's books like Now Discover Your Strengths. And there's a whole genre of books and tools and resources in that area that's really, you know, talking, it's almost like the division between the secular and the sacred. And and I know that's not how God views it. He sees everything as integrated. And what you're talking about is something that I don't think a lot of business uh, leaders or just people in the marketplace think about is really what are my spiritual gifts and how do I bring, you know, work in those as uh, spiritual strengths, right? To Absolutely. maybe create a parallel. And how do I develop those and bring that out uh, in the marketplace? And, That's you know, right. uh, all the spiritual gifts assessments that I have taken in the past, and they're all, my, my gifts are pretty common across these, but in the narrative and the, the explanations that come with those analysis, it always talks about the application of that gift in what I would call traditional ministry, mm. working in a nonprofit, working uh, maybe at an NGO, working in a church. There's right. nothing about how to actually take that gift of uh, evangelism, prophecy, uh, exhortation, administration, leadership, and and take that spiritual gift and apply it to what we do, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, typically when I've taken spiritual gifts assessments, as, as many of us have, the, the focus of the, the purpose behind that assessment is to figure out, okay, where is this Christian? Maybe they're a new believer. Maybe they're a new member of our church. Where are we going to place them to serve in a volunteer capacity in our local church? So if they score high in hospitality, okay, there's a good candidate for somebody that needs to stand at the door on Sunday morning and greet people when they come in, which it, it, it stands to reason because obviously you don't want to have brother frowny face, you know, greeting people when they come in on Sunday morning. And so <laughs> right. there, so it's not an either or. I mean, we definitely need to use our spiritual gifts to serve our local churches and serve in Christian themed nonprofits, missions, organizations, and so forth. But if where we're spending 60 to 70% of our waking hours is in the marketplace, we need to figure out what does it look like to use the gift of 
prophecy or the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, all of these different spiritual gifts that the Apostle Paul talks about, what would it look like to use those in a business setting? And so what I've done in this book is to look at 23 examples of a person that is using each of these spiritual gifts in a specific sphere of influence in the business world and and in hopes of providing a, a paradigm shift for somebody that has, you know, let's say the gift of hospitality and realizing that I can use that not only in my local church, but I especially need to be using it out there in my workplace where I spend most of my time. You know, as you did the interviews and the research for this book, any any stories uh, that would just really stand out to you you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, I'll share one that that actually you were instrumental in in helping me to discover, and that was with Ken Eldred and the way that he uses his spiritual gift of cross-cultural ministry, which is it's not a gift that everybody has. I mean, not everybody is just drawn to to minister to people cross-culturally and going on mission trips and so forth. But, you know, that's what he lives for, you know, is to start these companies. He's venture capitalist, but he invests in kingdom businesses. He's got this company in India he was telling me about where uh, the nation is somewhere around like 5% Christian, but somewhere around 60% of the 1,500 employees that work in this call center in India are Christian because he partners with the local pastors and they work together in order to provide this these job opportunities and also discipleship training within the context of the these marketplace uh, call centers. And, you know, so that would just be one example. Well, you know, and also to talk a little bit more about Ken, and people would probably love to listen, you know, read his book. It's called The Integrated Life. But Ken started a company in Silicon Valley years ago with all these principles and applying these gifts, uh, you know, he, he decided that family is a priority, God is a priority. So the entire culture there was to never work more than 40 hours a week, max. That mm. was it. Five o'clock every day, he was out the door to go home with the family. They grew that to, if I remember, uh, almost $300 million in revenue. He was named Silicon Valley Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, and so, you know, the encouraging thing that I really got from getting to know Ken in that story, uh, Darren, is taking those gifts and applying it and really having a, a culture built on kingdom principles, yeah. uh, which took a lot of work to maintain. Uh, but but now all of a sudden you can you can raise the standard and be an example, be that light on the hill for other businesses, which then, you know, creates a model that creates a movement. That's right. And, you know, in, in his book, for anyone that's interested in doing business as mission, you know, using cross-cultural, that, that gift in a marketplace setting, I mean, definitely go read Ken's book, God is at Work. I mean, it is the book on doing uh, business as cross-cultural missions work. So what, any other story? I'd love to hear. I, I love hearing stories. So any, any yeah. other stories stand out? Yeah, you know, I I shared just a minute ago about how somebody might take a spiritual gifts assessment and find that they're strong in hospitality and maybe wondering, you know, what would that look like in a business setting? 
And and one that comes to mind, and, and I wanted to share this because typically when we think of who are the heroes of the Christian faith, you know, we think of the missionaries like, you know, Hudson Taylor or preachers like Billy Graham. We don't often think of the business people like R.G. Letourneau and, and others. And one that comes to mind specifically for the gift of hospitality is John Wanamaker, who basically invented the department store. He was the first to take out a full page ad in newspaper. He was he he invented the price tag essentially and 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 when he started his department store and did things like created this price tag, he did it because when people came into his store, Wanamaker's there in Philadelphia, he he wanted them to be able to relax when they came into the store. He wanted it to be such an inviting atmosphere that they just they just wouldn't want to leave. And I mean, people would walk into his store, he would come up alongside them, you know, with a handful of chestnuts and give them a few, you know, snacks and they would walk together and talk just about life and 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 that was the that was the hospitable character that he had. And, and I mean, they had doctor's offices in this, I mean, we're talking to a department store. I mean, there's a, a huge like train set for the kids on the, on the kids floors, like eight floors. We're talking back in like around the you know turn of the, the, the 20th century. And, and, and it was this gift of hospitality. It wasn't just his advertising prowess. He just wanted people to know about this incredible opportunity to just come into this oasis in the middle of their of their community. And that was the way that he I mean when when DL Moody, the famous evangelist, came to town and wanted to do a revival meeting, a you know, a crusade meeting, he said, you know what? Why don't you just take my entire my entire retail space I'm going to give you 300 of my own staff to be ushers for the event so that we can make sure that this, that, you know, God gets the glory for this and that, that souls get saved. You know, that was the, that was the kind of hospitality that he showed. Now, as you know, as people are listening to you and they're wondering, they probably know their strengths, you know, what, what are your thoughts on really getting some clarity on spiritual gifts? Cause you know, I think the, the process that really worked for me was, first of all, answering this question of theology you talked about is, you know, who is God? Mm. You know, once I really understand that question, um, you know, then understanding, you know, who I am. And I remember I was working with a coach and I was I was saying, that's you know, that's what I'm going through this process right now. And he said, you know, maybe a better question to ask yourself is, you know, how did God wire you instead of trying mm. to understand how you, you know, how you're wired? Yeah, uh, and that it might sound like a subtle shift, but for me, it really opened up the potential uh, of what God created in me because He sees me very differently than what I see when I look in the mirror with all my human limitations and limiting beliefs and you know experiences. God doesn't have those, though a lot of those guardrails that we put around ourselves. So I think that self awareness is one of the the first steps toward really connecting to something we all. We all seek, and that's, you know, what is our calling? What is our yeah, purpose? That's right. Yeah, I mean, so much of it goes back to the the purpose. And and I, I won't go into all of the, the differences that, that I've identified between what a spiritual gift is and what a natural ability is, um, you know, for the sake of time. But the, the way that I define spiritual gift, as I understand it in the scripture, is a spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit 
through a born-again Christian to the people of God for the purpose of spreading the awareness of the glory of God throughout the earth. So I think it's important to first understand that our gifts have been given for the work of the church, which is for the purpose of spreading the awareness of the glory of God throughout the earth and making disciples of all nations. So our gifts aren't just so that we can make more money or get ahead in our career. It's for the purposes of God. And so it's critical to identify how does what I do relate to the work of the church and begin to, and and again, I'm not talking about if you have the gift of hospitality, that means you need to just be using it exclusively within the four walls of a church building, but identify what does that look like in a marketplace setting and get a hold of some examples of other Christians who have used those gifts to bring glory to God. And, and it's not just sort of like in this mystical way that somehow some you know, some th- deeply theological way our work brings glory to God. Like you have ministry gifts for use in the context of that occupation, you know, whether you're a banker or a janitor or, you know, whatever, whatever your, your role is in the marketplace, you have gifts that are at work. Maybe it's a gift of encouragement. Maybe it's a gift of prophecy. I mean, I've got a story of a guy that uses gift of prophecy to save a guy's life in the oil business. So, you know, identify what the the whole purpose and the way that your gifts relate to the work of the church. So when somebody has that awareness, let's say I know my top two or three gifts and um, I, I, and you have actually developed some tools to help people do this. So we can talk about that at the end, where to, where to find those. Um, what are some of the next steps of actually translating knowing that these are my gifts and then bringing that to what I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to work tomorrow. Uh, what might be different? What can I do? Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, I do have a tool that I've put into the book, the marketplace Christian. Uh, there's an assessment in there. If you don't know what your gifts are, or maybe you have sort of an idea and you just need to kind of see it on paper. And it's certainly not the definitive guide, but you'll, you they're, they're pretty consistent. When you, you, you know, the more assessments you take, you'll see how consistent this thread is of this way in which God has, has designed you. But the, the first step I think is to, first of all, again, understand how it relates to the work of the church, get, get an example, find some people that ha- are using those gifts in uh, in the in their workplace and 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 the way that I, the reason why I'm a little bit general about this is because marketplace ministry doesn't look the same for everybody so if you have a gift of pastoring or compassion for example uh, somebody that's a marketplace chaplain might say that you know this is what marketplace ministry looks like it looks like what a corporate chaplain does and that might be the case if that's if that's what your gift is but identify what your gifts are and don't worry about trying to do it just like somebody else but find the people that do have your gifts and allow that paradigm shift uh, to begin to take place but then you have to surrender that gift to God and realize this isn't just for uh, accomplishing, getting to the top of the corporate ladder and all these things that might, that influence God might want to use that for his glory. 
Uh, and, and certainly a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are at those upper echelons of their, of their workplace. But first of all, surrender it like Moses laid his staff down before the burning bush. He took it back up again, and it was something that God could use. You know, as, you, as you've worked with people that have gone through that process, um, the whole concept of surrendering um, can, can be, you know, it, it can be a long journey uh, to get there, to really, I think, especially in the marketplace, viewing God 100% as the owner of that business, that owner of um, the results that he wants to have you in that marketplace, you know, as people are on that journey, what are, what are, what are some advice you would have for them uh, as they move through that? Yeah, I think you have to start out each. I mean, one of the things that, that I do is, is start out each day and just symbolically lay my gift at, at the feet of Jesus and just say that, as I'm getting ready to serve my authors and my company with my teaching gift, with my administration gift, God, I want you to just ignite this and just make this. I mean, I'm bringing, I feel like I'm bringing loaves and fish that only you can multiply and make uh, cause an eternal impact to be made through whatever it is that I'm doing. That's a big difference between just using a natural ability apart from the Holy Spirit and using a spiritual gift that has been infused w- by the by the power of God is it, it can accomplish so much more in partnership with the Holy Spirit and just start out each day and just lay it down. I mean, I have a I have a coin that I use and it's I, I look at it sort of like, uh, like in the parable, of the talents, how each steward had been given uh, at least at least one talent, and I view that coin as as my talent, which represents the stewardship that I have, including my spiritual gifts. And I keep that with me and recognize that this isn't just for me; that I've been given this, and I'm going to be called to an account for how I use this. Did I use it for eternal purposes, or did I just use it for temporary purposes? Well, I love the idea of the coin. If people are from the military, you're you're familiar with the concept of what's called a challenge coin and uh, what Darren has developed. And you can go to theologyofbusiness.com and and you can order this coin. You can have it in your pocket and it can be that reminder throughout the day. Uh, you know, just it's in your pocket. You feel it as you put your hand in there and it's just that reminder to just reconnect to everything Darren's talking about, kind of in that morning ritual, but this is a just kind of like a, a little tool, right? It's one of those uh, call it a spiritual hack, right? The yeah. modern world loves loves no other hacks. Like, what, what's a hack you can do throughout the day to just stay connected to this and not just get um, you know immersed in just business as usual and trying to get things done and going from meeting to meeting? You know, how how do you just constantly remind yourself of? Mm-hmm. You know, you know what, why you're really here, and what can you really accomplish through, you know, what God has done in you, sowed into you. That's right. If you'd like to learn more about Darren, his books, his publishing house, his podcast, blog, or that master's business coin, just go to eternalleadership.com/slash/one-zero-two. That's eternalleadership.com slash one zero two. Like I said at the top, if you'd like to join us next week. 
For the foreseeable future, every month on the second Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, John and I are going to host a monthly hangout for our listeners. I know we've had a number of listeners ask us about starting a podcast or how to make your passion your business, or you need some advice, or you just want to say hi. Just go to eternalleadership.com slash hangout. All the details will be there. Eternalleadership.com slash hangout. This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Refer.com. When John was building a $300 million book of business for his financial advisory firm, he used spreadsheets, calendars, CRM, etc. to manage relationships and get business and referrals. Refer.com automates all that work in relationship management. Both John and I use Refer.com and we can't recommend it highly enough. Right now, you'll be able to try it for free for 14 days. Refer.com slash eternal leadership. And if you go to that link, you can receive a free report on the five biggest referral killers. Refer.com slash eternal leadership. Next time on Eternal Leadership, I take the helm for an interview with author and speaker Joe Calloway on his book, Magnetic, The Art of Attracting Business. And then I think the absolute key part of the magnetic mindset is a focus on the customer and a focus on always creating value and always getting better at creating that value from the people that, uh, that, that you do do business with. This is one of the most high energy and positive guys you will ever meet. It was a fun one. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Mm-hmm.